Hey, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the um, ReliaQuest. We'll talk a little bit about uh, individual awards and then uh, open it up to the questions, and I'm sure you have uh, a few of them. Um, first of all, um, excited about uh, the invitation to play in the ReliaQuest Bowl. Um, it's, uh, it's a great destination, certainly Tampa uh, for our football team, and um, a great matchup with uh, a Big Ten opponent in Wisconsin. Um, great tradition, um, certainly a, a team that uh, uh, is, um, you know, well coached and, and Luke Fickle know him very well and uh, this, this team will be anxious and, and excited to play in this game. So um, it, it, it offers us an opportunity for a 10th win, which has been really kind of the thing that we have talked about for the last six weeks uh, after the Alabama game as being an important piece uh, for the development of our program is to uh, to get to back-to-back -back seasons with with ten wins. So, um, you know, again, uh, excited about the matchup. Excited about going to Tampa and and giving our our players an opportunity to um, to be part of a New Year's Day. Uh, I know it's not a New Year's Six, but it's a New Year's Day bowl game, um, and it'll be um, you know well received as it relates to. Um, some individual um, notes. I want to congratulate Mike Dembrock as um, a finalist for the, the Broyles Award. I think we'll find out on that today. Um, and uh, we think he did, uh, obviously, an incredible job with his offensive staff and, um, you know, what they were able to accomplish, you know, offensively leading the nation in scoring, total offense, third down conversion, yards per play. Uh, just an incredible offensive um, year in terms of its production, unprecedented um, in, in that respect. <clears throat> um, also, uh, you know, Jaden, obviously, as a finalist for the Heisman, certainly want to note that. Congratulations to him. That's an incredible achievement. Um, he also was the winner of the, uh, the Johnny Unitas Award, uh, and there are others that, that are certainly out there pending. Uh, that we believe he is a strong candidate for as well. So exciting uh, postseason notes, um, you know, uh, an incredible year from an offensive standpoint and, um, you know, certainly looking forward to, um, uh, to the bowl game. Uh, we are in exams right now, so our players uh, are not required to be in uh, any mandatory football activities. Uh, they are focused on Academics, um, we will have weight training and uh, some conditioning activities available to them uh, during this week. We will begin our practice on Monday, our first practice, uh, which will give us um, uh, 15 practice opportunities prior to the first game. It'll give us approximately 17 meetings. It'll give us four to five weight training opportunities. So. Uh, ample opportunity for us to continue to develop our football players and certainly uh, prepare ourselves uh, against a, a Wisconsin opponent that uh, we're excited, obviously, and, and um, you know want to be able to put our best foot forward. So that's a little bit about the schedule in terms of what we've got going forward. Um, I'll open it up to questions uh, that you might have um, on all these matters. It's just a, about the bowl preparation. I know you did yeah. your interviews last week. How did that go as far as fielding a roster? 
do you have a good handle on who you think will play? Are yeah, you- I think we have a really good sense of the the players that that will be available for for the bowl game. Um, you know, for me to stand here and tell you exactly what those players are, um, I, I couldn't do that. But I would say that, you know, we spent most of last week, we spent all of last week doing exit interviews with our players. So last week was really about our players. <clears throat> this week we're really recruiting. Um, and, and then we'll get to other evaluations within the staff. Once recruiting goes dead, um, and our coaches' responsibilities have completed. Um, they have responsibilities, and, and they have to finish off their responsibilities to LSU. Um, then, then we'll do um, evaluations of staff, and so uh, that's another week away. But as it relates to our players, we feel like we're in a pretty good position relative to who we think is playing, and and um, and and any of that information. Um, you know, will come out here uh, in the next week or so. I think people will be interested to know what Jaden's decision was. Sure, he absolutely. He has not. He he was um, he unfortunately had a death in the family and and was gone for a few days. Um, I spoke with him yesterday. Um, he clearly knows the pros and the cons uh, of this decision, um, and and I do too. Right? Um, who wouldn't want him to play? I mean, everybody would love to see Jaden Daniels play one last time. I mean, I'm a fan. Uh, I'm his coach, but I'm a fan uh, of Jaden Daniels. But he's got to make, you know, a decision. And, and clearly, I see both sides of it. So we'll provide him with um, all the things necessary uh, for him to make an informed decision. But um, he hasn't got to that level yet. Coach, right here, uh, in the documentary series that you all were able to put on for Jaden, he talks about when he got to campus, he might have been a little immature. And I know you've talked a lot about his decisiveness on the field, but what have you seen from him as a man and just as a leader kind of off the field in his growth here? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, look, you, you hope and, and um, – you, you want to design a culture and an atmosphere for your players on a day-to-day basis to be held accountable, um, to make good choices, and, and to be surrounded by others to do the same thing. And I think his time here uh, has allowed him to strengthen, you know, his accountability, his choices. And that's what we have tried to, you know, put uh, fourth since we got here, and, and I think he's a product of that, um, and he's influenced others around him. So you, you know that you're making progress within your program w- when you see the maturation of a guy like uh, Jaden Daniels because not only does it happen off the field, it happens on the field, and that's what we keep trying to tell our players. Like <laughs> what you do in the classroom and how you handle yourself on a day-to-day basis will have a direct correlation to what you do on the field. And he is that example of how he's handled himself off the field, how he handles himself uh, in his day-to-day routines, um, has had a direct correlation in the way he's played the game. Ryan, obviously, as you've talked many times, the goal is to, to win, to get that 10th win. But as coaches are increasingly faced with players opting out and that sort of thing, and, and you have to maybe look forward to develop, developing players for, for the future. So how do you balance the two 
I mean, you're kind of forced to, but how do you, how do you balance the two uh, with a bowl game now? Well, you're, you're, awful, you're offered ample time to do that. I mean, if you really look at our schedule beginning Monday through that entire week, that's really a transitional week for us to develop our players. And that entire week um, is going to be an opportunity to, to take some of the younger players that need more finishing and more developing and get them a lot of work. The following week, we can get to work on Wisconsin and then duplicate that work when we get down to the bowl site. So really it's two weeks of Wisconsin work for those guys that are going to be playing a lot, and then a full week of uh, development, technique work, um, and, and repetition for younger guys that need more development. Now, they may transition right into uh, you know, first team, second team reps during those Wisconsin uh, preparation periods as well. But that first week is when we'll really focus on the development piece in this process. Uh, Coach, you're still in the process of evaluating your assistant coaches in terms of who will be retained and if there are any changes? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And look, nine and three, um, you know, we're here to win championships. And, And so... Um, our, our defense uh, did not play to the level that our standard is set at. Look, nobody is happy, uh, including everybody on the defensive side and the head football coach, that, that we didn't play the kind of defense necessary. I'm not happy about it. Nobody's happy about it. Our fans shouldn't be happy about it. Um, and, and we have to do things to make sure that that doesn't happen again. But to say that we're just addressing it now is um, – is just not correct. We started addressing it after the Mississippi State game, the Mississippi game. That's when addressing our defensive shortcomings uh, began, um, and 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 so this process has been ongoing. You know, it's not like all of a sudden, hey, by the way, you got to fix the defense. Um, this has been ongoing, and this process has been um, one where. We feel uh, the pain of everybody because we feel it too. Um, and and it's, it cannot be uh, the kind of defensive performance we had this past year. It, it's got to be better, and it will be better. Can you just share a little bit in terms of it, it, it's a blend of coaching and personnel or both need to be improved? Or, or what do oh, you think? Oh, I don't think that I've ever – look, here's what I can tell you. I was three games into a season in 2016 in Notre Dame. I had to fire my defensive coordinator, and, and he was in my wedding. Um, those aren't easy decisions, okay? Um, I'm not afraid to make those decisions, and, and I'm going to do what's best for LSU's football program and the pursuit of a national championship. But I'm going to do it informed. I'm going to do it for what's best for the program because it's involving players, It's involving coaches. It's involving all things as it relates to um, being more successful uh, as a defense. So um, it's not on one person. It's it's collectively. And so if it was that easy, um, you know, we would have been um, in a different place. Like I said, I I went three games into a season and, and made a change in the leadership. If it was that easy... Uh, those decisions are a lot easier. Hey, Coach. Um, yes, 
uh, with the, during the Pac-12 championship game, were you watching and sort of during uh, the what the Pac-12 championship game? Were you watching and sort of seeing how you know Bo Nix and Michael Penix might perform and how that could affect the Heisman race at all? Like a lot of LSU fans were. I'm a Jaden Daniels fan. I was watching the game too. Yes. Um, I was not looking for anyone not to succeed. Uh, I wanted them to play their very best. I was looking for a great game. Um, and and that, I was looking for both teams to play at their very best. But I wanted to see, you know, how he measured up um, to who were going to be his chief competition because I hadn't watched him play all year. It wasn't that I had this opportunity to sit down and watch Oregon play or – sit down and watch Washington play. So it was an opportunity for me to sit and, and watch both of them play. And, um, you know, my unbiased opinion is Jane Daniels is the best player in college football. Coach, as far as the transfer portal, interior defensive linemen, defensive backs, et cetera, have you made a decision? Do you know if you want to find a transfer portal quarterback and if so, is that a tricky situation? And do you discuss that with Garrett Nussmeyer and the rest of the room? Look, I mean, all, of the, all, all the questions that you bring up relative to the transfer portal, um, you answer them as well. Like, your question had an answer to it, right? Look, th this, is, this is a world that we live in that has got to be handled with transparency. If not, you know, you're... you're you're going to find yourself with, without um, the right personnel. So if we were to ever do anything in the transfer portal relative to a quarterback, we're talking to everybody in that room. And, and we're talking to recruits. We're talking to everybody. It is about transparency. It's about honesty. And it's about saying, if we're doing that, here's why we're doing it. And then making a decision and doing it. Because, again, the most important thing here is what's in the best interest of LSU's football program, not what's in the best interest of a singular person. So everything that we do in the portal is going to be to that end. And just like I mentioned relative to coaches. I mean, this is not personal, okay? I know it has a personal end of it with families are involved, and they may have to pull their kids out of school, and they may have to move, and, and that's difficult. But this, at the end of the day, the decisions that I have to make are in the best interest of LSU's football program. Brian, following up on that defensive staff, would you like some level of continuity, especially at this stage of where y'all are at in the program? So th those are all great questions that you Look, at the end of the day, you have to factor all of those things in. You're two years in. You've developed a culture within your program, a way to communicate, a routine, habits, things that you want your leadership to espouse on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, you have to factor those in, um, in terms of making a decision. But you also have to factor in the play of your defense. And are there things that are correctable? Right? Under that leadership, are there things that are not correctable? So all of that has to be considered when making those kinds of decisions. Uh, hey, Coach, just another portal question. Obviously, with the portal, it's, it's crazy every year. It seems like there's even more players in it than last year. I think and it's 1,183 as of last night at 11 yeah, o'clock. Am it, I right? 
exactly. Uh, so, so, See, I'm here. not on this at all. I don't follow it. It's just something I do as a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, uh, I guess, you know, you guys have obviously taken in double digits the last couple of years, but you've obviously expressed you wanted to be more selective. But with the portal being so crazy and hectic, how do you balance being more selective and looking at all those names that are in there? And, and just what have you learned, I guess, the last two years about that process and what you guys need to do to be the, well, look, to find the right fits? Look, look at our defense. You know, we took 15 out of the portal, 13 played on defense. We, we were not a close group. That group was not a close-knit group because they were from, you know, different parts. They hadn't played together. We saw how they played early in the season. We saw how they played later in the season. Um, so it's – it's, I said it many times. It's a red flag when you have to do that. We don't believe that we have to do that. Will we have to take maybe a player here or there at a certain position? Most likely. Um, so we are much more targeted. We're much more focused. The question was asked about, is it defensive line? Is it quarterback? Is it, it is much more in that. We were taking literally numbers on defense uh, to, to really right the ship, if you will, relative to uh, our defensive structure last year. We're not going to have to do that. Um, right now, we're counting nine out of, excuse me, we're counting 10 out of our 11 uh, players with the most snaps coming back next year. Now, some might say, well, that's not such a great thing. Um, we think it is uh, because you have experience. We didn't have that last year. Um, so that's where we are relative to the portal. I know you've talked a lot about roster retention, and a lot of coaches, they like these bowl games because it does give them those extra practices. Mm -hmm. In your experience, and maybe specifically for this year, how important are those 15 extra practices for the development of some of the younger guys that might not get the opportunities in October, November? They're important. Um, here's why they're equally as important as any other time. When, when, when we're balancing our roster, I'll give you an example. Um, the Howard kid, right? We held on to him <laughs> at, at the three-game max until A&M. And then we put him in against A&M, he played pretty good. And, and so he used his fourth game in that last year. We're excited about playing him in the bowl game because he gets that extra game. And, and so that's what makes this even better because once they gave us the extra game for the bowl, now you can play all of these guys that got to the limit of four – and really, let's see what they've got. Because now they're a full semester or almost a full year in your program. And they're, they're ready to go out and compete. So I think that adds to it in terms of um, development and playing guys that have gotten their four games in. Uh, Deuce Chestnut and Denver Harris, are you moving on from those guys? Or did they have any chance to be with the program moving forward? You know, we'll have to sit down. We have not sat down with them. Uh, we're going to wait till the end of the semester, and then we'll, we'll sit down and have individual conversations with both of them. They will not. Hey, Coach, when you have players up for individual awards, especially an award like the Heisman, I guess what does that mean, you know, impact-wise when you're going into the season of heavy recruiting right now? Well, I, I think all of them go to um, – Certainly, if you come to LSU, um, 
you, you keep the dream alive for this, right? Everybody has a dream of being a Heisman Trophy winner or winning the Blitnikoff or winning, you know, any of the trophies that, that are on display in, in the front of our lobby. It's, it's, it's not something that you can't achieve. So when, when you have a situation where in 19 we had a Heisman Trophy winner and, and hopefully we have one in, in, in 23, um, that's pretty powerful. That's really powerful when you have two Heisman Trophy winners in such a short period of time, especially at the quarterback position. So um, I, I would not minimize the importance of that in the ability to recruit um, and the ability to retain. Yeah, Brian, uh, you've been in the playoff a couple of times. Uh, this year, the committee, their, their decisions based on criteria, what do you think of it? Well, it was probably the most difficult one that they were confronted with. But, look, <laughs> we knew that, that, that there were five conferences um, from the very beginning, and there's only four spots. So if you did the math, you just needed to look at the five conference champions and say there's four slots. And, look, we played Florida State and we played Alabama. Two outstanding football teams. But the two football teams were different at the end of the season than they were at the start of the season. So I think that from my perspective, um, unfortunately, Florida State was not the same team earlier in the year than they were later in the year because of the injury to the quarterback. Um, and look, you can take that for whatever you want. But if only four of the conference championship teams can go, and there's five, you're splitting hairs because they're all great teams. But only four can go, <laughs> and there's five conference champions. And I think the committee had to figure out if you're going to sit one of them out, maybe it's got to be the one that lost their quarterback. Um, and, I, again, I don't know. I certainly didn't sit in there. But I, I can see where they came from with the decision that they made. Great. Thank you.